Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, folks. This is Michael Adams, once again, Old Religion Dystopia, and I'm with... Sarah Hauser and uh, Derek Hallett from Sound the Trumpet Ministries dot com and uh, Sound the Trumpet Ministries YouTube channel. So, and uh, looks like we're going to do a teaching on Jesus the God particle. Should, sounds like it should be very interesting. So, and say once again to you, Derek, and to Sarah, thank you for joining me. And um, I guess I'll start out in prayer and then we'll just head into the teaching uh, after you, you pray and says that. Dear Heavenly Father, Almighty God, the true and living God, the only God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Daniel. Say so thank you for the opportunity to finish the book of Daniel and start reading that uh, yesterday, God. And uh, I want to say thank you for all the many blessings you've given me and us. Most importantly, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your only begotten, who did come in the flesh, paid for our sins, rose from the dead, is on the right-hand side of you, God. And I pray to you, God, in the name of Jesus, that you bless this teaching from our brother, Derek, that uh, your Holy Spirit will be with him, and uh, that we'll, you protect this, this recording, that it would go out to all those who need to hear the message, which is basically everybody God and uh, that will be a blessing for you and our Lord Savior Jesus and God I just want to say you know I want to thank you for getting us through this tough patch this past week or two with uh, the health issues and with the uh, bronchitis and strip float and all the other things are going on I know that throughout the, this country that we live in it's from east to the west is just hitting many millions of people so god i just ask you that you would uh god just bless us and help us to follow you and put our faith in you and uh i just want to say once again god thank you for this evening all praise and glory go to you god say la and amen and amen Heavenly Father, I also want to pray tonight, and we just want to thank you, Lord, for another day not promised to us. And we thank you, Lord, for our health, because I also, we've also been battling, Lord. And we know that the enemy is behind so many things to try and get your people off course. And I just pray, Lord, and we just thank you just for the breath in our lungs. We just thank you for not giving up on us, Lord, at a time when we truly deserved it, that we may understand grace and what your love is and what your desires are for your people. And tonight, Lord, we just pray that no man's heart be heard, that no flesh be glorified. But, Lord God, that you will speak and that people will hear you, that you will open the eyes and the ears of those who can't hear, that they will see, Lord, what you call for your people to do, that Jesus Christ is just that important, that Jesus Christ is in the thick of it all, 
that it's not that we travel and we go through history, Lord, but it is his story that stands above all that we all get to play a role in if we yield our vessels to him. So I just pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, contention, and confusion, every spirit of jealousy, malice, and hatred, every spirit of fear, doubt, and unbelief, everything, Lord, that goes against you, I pray in Jesus' name that you bind it, Lord, that you cast it down, that you throw it out, Lord, and that the Holy Ghost may remain strong here and that he may dictate what goes on and what happens. So, Lord, we just pray and we ask that you guide us, that you keep us, that you hold on to us, Lord, that no man may pluck us out of your hand, that these things all be done for your glory and your honor. O King of kings and Lord of lords, faithful, just, and true, and worthy of all praises. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, this should be interesting, the God particle. Isn't this something that, like the CERN headline, headline collider, whatever it is called, that they've been trying to search as far as the men of the world? What's, what, is the, what is the real God particle? The one that we know. That should be interesting. So I'll go hand it over to you, bro. All right. Absolutely, bro. So here's an article that I looked up a little while ago, and I just want people to understand the importance of Jesus Christ because the more I read this, the more I began to understand and the more I began to love the Lord. So there is also like a short, um, I think it's like a six-minute video of a guy that I want to send to you that hopefully you can splice and place into this because, you know, Jesus and science do go together. But the only thing is, is that Jesus is and science explains, okay? Science explains the one true God, the one true Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It complements him. It doesn't take away from him. It doesn't fight with him, okay? Because our Bible tells us that he is all-knowing, he is all-powerful, and he is everywhere. But when we really get down to it, as far as the way that we're made, the things that we understand about ourselves. It's just so awesome that we have a God that is just so brilliant that everything in creation, and I mean everything, has his signature on it, okay? There are things like the golden ratio and so many different things. I'm not going to get into those tonight. But one thing we're going to do is give the straight-cut gospel that's going to prove that Jesus is the God particle. So some people wonder, what is the God particle? So I just saw this um, article that I wanted to read, and, of course, the Lord made things stand out to me. So I'm going to read this, and then we'll jump right in. So it says, what is the God particle? The term the God particle was coined by a physicist, Leon Letterman, in his 1993 book, or popular science book, The God Particle. If the universe is the answer, what is the question? The particle that the book title refers to is the Higgins boson or Higgins boson. Oh, Higgs boson, sorry. And then it says the particle we now call the Higgs boson has never been observed. First uh, hypothesized in 1964, the Higgs boson, uh, if discovered, would be a vital missing piece of the of the model that physicists use to describe elementary particles and their interactions with the standard model. Okay, so what we've got to understand, too, is 
they have found this particle, okay? So this is an earlier um, message, but I believe in 2012, it became public knowledge that the Higgs boson exists. And I was listening to a lot of articles and things that these people have had, and, you know, it was just amazing how these guys get up there and they think they're so wise and they talk so much about that when they slam these atoms together, these, these protons and these neutrons, that they get every what did they say, 500 or 100 billion or 100 trillion smashes, they eventually find one Higgs boson, which they call the God, the God particle, will pop up and go. So, you know, if it took that many, what are the chances of something like that even happening? And, you know, you should have just heard so much that they were saying that me understanding the Bible, I know that there are a lot of things that they don't tell us that are true. Okay, and and when you really understand what lies are, I mean, you just sit back and you watch these videos, and I mean, just listening, I'll tell you, if you think anybody can lie, the devil tells some fantastic lies. I mean, this guy can lie. When you look at the things where they talk about that we are, you know, billions of light years, and every star that you see, there are billions of galaxies, they're not stars and all these different things come on. I mean, and it's just one of those things that gets man to worship. But if you go to Jeremiah 8 and you go to Second Kings uh, 23, the Bible made clear that we're not supposed to be worshiping the sun, the moon, the stars, and all the hosts of heaven. But as you can see, man was doing that back then, and he's trying to get us to do that today. So all they do when they paint pictures like this is try and get us to wonder what's out there. And this is where you would truly have to call the devil brilliant. But, you know, I don't think he's that smart. I think that, you know, in many cases, we've allowed him to allow us to be that dumb because we have taken our eyes off of Jesus. But, you know, the Hadron Collider and all this stuff that they're planning with the CERN system is really going to be interesting because if you ever look at the God that they have over the CERN system, it's a, a God in Hinduism called Shiva. Now, Shiva is supposed to be a man that looks like a woman, you know, go figure, but it's also a god of destruction, okay? Shiva was known as the god of destruction, and what's interesting about that is that they show her, in most cases, there's like a wheel that she's in, and she's like spinning around her, and she's in the middle of it. But you see, what people fail to realize and why the devil has man wondering with all this fantasy and all these light years and all these things that they want to add up is because they plan on Shiva coming through the other side. And, and you know, it's unfortunate that there's only a handful of people in the world that truly know this, that are a part of the CERN system. The other people actually think that they're discovering new things. So you see, along with the truth and Satan's children, there are lots of lies mixed in with this. But the whole goal is to bring Shiva over. But what they're going to find out is Shiva was the adversary of Jesus Christ from the very beginning, okay? And and that's where it is going to get kind of rough. Now, there was a guy, because I'm going to continue reading some of this, but there was a guy, um, what's the one that died recently, Stephen Hawking, the one who's supposed to be a brilliant man? He says to find the Higgs boson was to really be the end of the world. This is what this man said. Now, he's not someone that's a Christian or even favors Christ, 
but he's got a little bit left in his brain to let us know that if these atoms are smashed together and other dimensions are fully open as they are, we don't know what's on the other side, okay? So the Higgs boson does exist, but it's not that. It's the God particle because you're going to find that with all these things and all of creation, these are the building blocks. But I'm going to continue reading, and you guys, I'm sure, are going to find some words stand out here. Okay, so it says, uh, what is the Higgs boson? The theories and discoveries of thousands of physicists over the past century have resulted in a remarkable insight into the fundamental structure of matter. Everything in the universe is found to be made from 12 basic building blocks called fundamental particles governed by four fundamental forces. So isn't this interesting because right here we see two numbers. 12 is God's number for government, but they claim that there are 12 building blocks that are that make up all things you know the the um the building blocks of creation and all of matter so it's just interesting how when you look at the number 12 jesus chose 12 disciples there are 12 parts day 12 parts night we've gone over this before 24 ribs in the body 12 on each side representing the 24 elders that are surrounding the heart which is the throne of god when you look at the fact that there is 1,440 minutes in a day, you see the number 12, and these are scientists saying this. This is not me, but there are 12 building blocks here, okay, that have everything to do with all that is, okay? So I'm going to continue. And then it says it's governed by four fundamental forces. Isn't it funny how as Christians we have the four Gospels? You know, I mean, it's just so awesome how God does things. It took four Levite priests to carry the the Ark of the Covenant, okay? So I don't want to get too much into numbers tonight and interesting, but just we're going to know after tonight that Jesus is the God particle. And it's not going to be all scientific and everything like that, but it's going to make sense even to a child if you pay attention and you really listen. Okay, so it says, our best understanding of how these 12 particles and three of the forces are related to each other is encapsulated in the standard model of particles and forces. Developed in the 1960s and 70s, it has successfully explained a host of experimental results in precisely predicting a wide variety of phenomena uh, phenomena, uh, over time and through many experiments by the physicist, the uh, standard model has become established as a well-tested physics theory. In the 1960s, physicists began to realize that there are very close ties between two of the four fundamental forces between elements, the weak force and the electromagnetic force. So there's a weak force and there's an electromagnetic force. So what does this spell out? Positives and negatives. Kind of like the word of God, huh? Look at this, and then it says the two forces could be described within a unified theory which forms the basis of the standard model. This unification implies that electricity, magnetism, light, and some types of radioactivity are all manifestations of a single underlying force called the micro or the electroweak force. However, in order for this unification to work mathematically, it requires that force-carrying particles have no mass. We know from experiments that this is not true. Physicists, including 
Peter Higgs, uh, Robert Brout, and Francois Englert uh, came up with a solution to solve the conund- this conundrum. They suggested that all particles had no mass just after the Big Bang. As the universe cooled and the temperature fell below the critical value, an invisible force field, which became commonly known as the Higgs field, was formed. Together with the associated particle, now called the Higgs boson, the field prevails throughout the cosmos. Any particles that interact with it are given a mass uh, via the uh, Higgs boson. The more they interact, the heavier they become, whereas particles that never interact are left with no mass at all. So what's interesting about here is they're talking about this magnetic field, and anything that comes into contact with the Higgs boson will have mass, and everything else that doesn't won't. But it made clear that there is light, electromagnetic, you know, this and all these other things coming together, and these are the building blocks of life or all of creation. So what I want to do right now is we can drop this because I want people to understand what the God particle is, what they're searching for. They're not telling everybody the full agenda and what they intend to do because most of them don't know, only a hand select full. But what's interesting here is we're going to get into Jesus because they claim that this happened by a big bang. And it's just so amazing how these people would rather give chance the glory than to give it to God. They tell you that there are billions of galaxies and everything out there, but, you know, I don't believe that. So what we're going to do is read the biblical account, and then we're going to move on. And we're going to work piece by piece and go through this and see that Jesus truly is the God particle. So let's go to Genesis 1, and let's look at verse 1. I want to go to Genesis 1 and 1. All right. Genesis 1, we'll look at verse 1, and it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, what did they say? They said that there is no matter or anything that has any mass until it comes into contact with the Higgs boson shortly after the Big Bang. So we can say here in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's my Big Bang, okay? And it says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But then, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, here's the Big Bang, let there be light, and there was light. Now, what does the universe mean? The universe means a single spoken sentence. It's made of two words, uni and verse. Kent Hovind brought this up years ago, but it's true. We live in a single spoken sentence. When God said, let there be light, there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, like the positive from the negative. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. So the Bible makes clear here that there is water above the firmament, above the sky, 
and below the sky, okay? And then it says, verse 8, And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the water called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And God brought forth the grass and the herb yielding seed after his kind and the, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So right away, we understand that God makes clear before the sun and the moon are present, that there is plant life, okay? Because God is the source of all that is. Look at this. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be light in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. So if you look at the biblical account here, the Bible makes clear that the lights or these so-called stars and these hosts and all these things that were created, they were made to service the earth. But when you look at the scientific standpoint, they make it seem like there are billions of galaxies and all these things out there and we are insignificant. But the Bible tells us that we are the most significant thing on this list, okay? Everything else was created to service the earth, okay? So then it says in verse 16, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and he made the stars also. So this is where the sun and the moon came from, that God gave these things. And, you know, look at verse 17, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good in the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now, I know what some scientific minds are probably thinking. All you gave us was the Bible, but you didn't really cut into the scientifics of it. You see, this is one of the problems with individuals when we speak about God, you know, that some people will say, well, you know, it doesn't sound very intelligent. You know, it sounds like we need to have theories and hypothesis and we need to be able to test these things ourselves. And this is unfortunate why so many men are out there looking for the God particle and spending trillions of dollars on this CERN project, not recognizing that the God particle was with us all along. Instead of idolizing and admiring creation and going after worshiping these things, okay, God made the first man to service or to govern matter. He sent man to govern what was on the earth. These things were given that man might be glorified in the presence of God because what was Adam known as? The son of God. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, we believe that God did these things. But see, we got to understand which God did these things. So let's go to Colossians 1, and let's begin at verse 15. And we're going to find out how scientific Jesus Christ is. 
See, Jesus don't put a lot of emphasis on this stuff because of the simple fact that he made it. You see, he's not like you and I with our little pea brains trying to figure things out. He already knew what these things are. These things mean nothing to him, okay? These were just things that he created for our well-being and that he may get glorified. Look at this. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Now, I also watched a video today, and, and what I've heard about for months, you know, uh, well, actually years, you know, when people began to talk about dark matter, you know, that there is more dark matter than there is anything that's here. Now, some people would say, um, does the Bible talk about this? Absolutely. Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, he says, the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay, so the Bible does back up this claim, and the Bible does speak of these things, but we've got to understand if we're in search of the God particle, you don't need to look any further. Look at this. Who is the, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth. What does he say? Visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, which are ranks of angels or hosts of heaven, as you would say, all things were created by him and for him. Okay, so don't think for one second that Jesus Christ didn't understand what dark matter is. It's not that important to him. His place was to glorify or to help man to glorify him because man was made in the image of God. So as you can see, all that is created here, okay, was created by Jesus Christ. When it says God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible makes clear here that Jesus created all things, visible or invisible. So the Bible clearly knows that there are things that are invisible. So you mean to say Paul had a greater IQ than the first scientist that needs a telescope to know these things? Well, Paul knew just from simply following Jesus Christ that God would make all things known to him. You see, this is all a part of because he stayed in line with the God particle. So then it says. Hey, before you go any he, further, Derek. Jesus, Derek. Yeah, Derek, brother. Where are you? You're Colossians what? Colossians chapter uh, 1. Chapter and we're one? in verse 17 now. Yes. And you started at 15. I started right? at 15. Yeah. Okay. So That's now we're at verse 17. Thank okay. You. And it says, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in him, or that in all things, he, which is Jesus, might have the preeminence. Okay, so when you look at the word preeminence, it says to be first, to hold the first place. So Jesus Christ is before all, but when you look at this, it makes clear, too, that in him all things consist. I watched, man, about six years ago or seven maybe, there was a video I saw when I first got saved, but there was a guy named Louis Giglio, and he did a, a teaching on or a short segment on what is laminin. He said that he was actually um, going to his church to speak about Christ, and he was going to talk about how awesome the body is and how Jesus Christ created it. 
Well, he ended up running into uh, um, what was this guy? Man, I hate to not know what title scientist he was. He was a, a, a molecular biologist. And this guy said, oh, man, if you're going to go and talk about this, he said, well, what's your right hook? And the guy, Louis Giglio, said, I don't know. Um, you know, I guess my right hook is, you know, Jesus. And he said, oh, Louis, Louis, you got to tell them about laminin. And he said, laminin? He said, I don't even know how to spell laminin, let alone tell people about it. And he said, Louis, it's the particle. It's the thing that holds your membranes and your skin and everything together. You know, and Louis was like, okay. Then um, he said, well, you know what? You need to actually go home and Google what laminin looks like. So Louis Giglio goes home, you know, goes to Google, clicks on images, and he looks at what laminin is. And laminin is, you know, microscopic, very small and everything, but it was in the perfect form of the cross of Christ. When you look at the actual piece of laminin, it looks like that there is a cross, but it looks like a person on it. I'm not even kidding you, you know, but it was just so awesome. And he said the scripture that came to him was Colossians 17, I mean, uh, 1 and 17, where it says, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So he said, of course they do, you know, but it's just so awesome that this is just one of the many examples of how Jesus Christ and creation come together. And, you know, I want to actually um, encourage a little friend of mine. You know, his mom and I are good friends. He's 12 years old, and he's in school. His name is Easton, you know, um, Easton Miller. But he um, has been taking it upon himself to teach other 12th graders, I mean, or other kids that are 12 years old, sorry, about Jesus. And, you know, of course, he's run into some atheists and kids that believe in evolution. And he messaged me last week, or he called me, and he said, you know, I want to know about the creation and about what Jesus Christ, you know, really is so I can defend the gospel. So I hope Easton is listening tonight because, you know, it's amazing when you find children that want to defend the gospel, but they don't have enough knowledge in understanding God. I mean, I don't understand how anyone can even believe that something comes from nothing, okay? The only one that can do that is God, okay? God can bring to pass those that are invisible and invisible, you know, and make them be what God wants them to be because he is a creator, okay? But how can scientists believe that you have intelligent design by chance is beyond me. So the Bible made clear here that all things consist and that we might know this. This is God's um, love that we may know in verse 18 that Jesus is before all things. Why? So that he may have the preeminence in our lives. So you see, while we're out there looking for billions of galaxies and trying to understand the atoms and the building blocks of life, you don't need to look any further than to know Christ. Now, some people would say, well, you know, isn't, there, um, isn't it good that they're out there trying to discover all their road is going to lead them to is back to Christ. And I pray it's before they reach the white throne, the great white throne of judgment, because then they're going to realize all along you needed a Savior. If this whole creation is going to end, and it began with Jesus, and he's going to close up the deal one day, then Jesus Christ is the God particle. 
Jesus Christ has been shouting from the rooftops, trying to guide man, trying to push his spirit on man, trying to get man to see that aside from God's word, which can tell the beginning from the end, this this book tells prophecy of what is going to be. How could you possibly not believe when man is so blind as he is today? World War III is on the brink and people are ready to fight to the death. They've got nukes set up from here to, you know, the other ends of the earth. And they're talking about, you know, just trying for man to discover and to find himself. But you see, the Bible does talk about this. What is wrong with man? So Paul goes on to say, look at this. And he says, um, for it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. So all the fullness of that which was created, that which is visible, that which is invisible, that which we know as the church to be Christ, that which is out trying to save the whole world before it's damned forever, okay, we don't need to look any further than Jesus Christ. In him is all fullness, okay? So look at verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things. You know, this is even ringing louder to me, even more so than being a Christian, because it says, if you look at verse uh, 20 again, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Jesus Christ said all things, okay? Paul's saying all things here. This is not just you and your soul. He says all things. Okay, so it all consists in Christ, unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So as we can understand, outside of Jesus, you're going to find that nothing consists. And then we as Christians, we know this because God has given us new eyes. He's given us a new mind. He's given us a new heart that we can truly see that we're not affected by the blindness of this world, which the enemy tries to push on us. We know that there is a war, and it's a spiritual war. And this is between Jesus Christ and his adversary, the devil. And that unless you choose the right side, we are all going to be damned. But you see, when it comes to government, when it comes to education, when it comes to, you know, finance or commerce, when it comes to politics, you know, whatever it is that you want to get into, you're going to find that this whole world is run by the enemy, and the only solution is Christ, okay? Because the Bible tells us in what would make man not believe in God if you were to go to Romans 1, and he says, you know, they were professing themselves to be wise, but they became fools because they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. It's corrupted man that doesn't want to believe in Jesus. It's corrupted man with how much mathematics you see and how much music. I mean, they're even discovering that the stars actually sing. They give off a vibration. They have a frequency. And then you go to Job, uh, I believe it's 37 and 7 or 8, and it says that the morning stars sang together, which are angels. These These are things that you know, people are finding out now and they're discovering that you don't have to look further than Jesus Christ, okay? Jesus Christ is the God particle, and I'm going to prove that on so many levels tonight. So he says, look at verse uh, 21, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, 
yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable uh, in his sight. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature uh, which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So we've got to understand this too concerning the Lord is that he means for us to find our way and to walk with him. And I love verse 27. Let's skip, well, 26. And he says, even the mystery which have been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory and the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So as you can see, Jesus Christ is the only hope. And I know to a lot of scientific minds, this isn't going to make much sense, but we're going to continue because we understand that this is more spiritual than it ever had anything to do with anything physical. So if no one has anything to add, we're going to move on. I want to go to, um, uh, I want to hit another Psalm. Let's go to Psalm 19. Derek? Yeah. Derek? Yeah, hello? Can I read uh, Psalm 14 and 1 real quick? Hello? Yeah, Can you yeah, hear me? Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Psalm 14 and 1. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. And... That just going back to what you were talking about, how can people just sit there and and believe and blindly believe in evolution that something came from nothing? And it's saying right there, that's what the Bible's saying. So it's like if 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 that's what the person believes, then I'm not going to call a person a fool. But that's what the Bible's saying. Absolutely, you're absolutely right, and this is things that. You know, like I said, it's not going to mean a lot to a lot of people, but we're going to continue because I believe the Lord has something special here that he wants to bring forward. So, you know, let's look at Psalm 19. Let's look at verse 1, and it says, To the chief, a chief musician, a psalm of David, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament she with his handiwork. Do you guys know that Werner von Braun, which was one of the scientists that was a part of the Nazi party, that was brought to America during Operation Paperclip that he started the American space program because America had none and neither did Russia. The Russian and American space programs, which they're, you know, they ain't really showing much space to begin with, but they were started by grabbing the Russian scientists, I mean, not Russian, German scientists, and bringing them into the United States and Russia that they may have the technology that the Germans had. When the Germans were actually asked, where did they get this technology, they pointed to the sky and they said, from them. Now, when you even look at the um, CERN system, man can't think this stuff up. Something is breathing on the scientists, okay, giving them inspiration, which is evil to try and get man to discover himself. But really what they're bringing forth is the works of the enemy what Lucifer intends to do, how he means to destroy this world, how they want to open up portals 
okay, that the enemy can come over. But I'm sure that when they communicate with what's on the other side, I'm sure it's an angel of light. And I'm sure he's really nice and really friendly and he wants to help humanity and he wants to make you all gods. Well, guess what? Somewhere around 4,000 B.C., that was actually said once to a man and a woman. And I'm sorry that they listened because we're in, we're dealing with what we're dealing with today. All right? But um, the point I wanted to make up is Werner von Braun, when he died because he was a Christian, on his tombstone he had Psalm 19 and 1. And I'll read that again. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. So when you look at this, Werner von Braun knew that there was no getting into outer space. He only did what they told him to do, but no man can get into space. Okay, they may be able to step into dimensions or to let, you know, other sides come through, but one thing that man cannot do is go into space. It's all a lie. They never went to the moon. They never did any of this stuff, okay? The way that the Bible says that the earth is made is just like God said it was made. So let's look at verse 2. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night sheweth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them that he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. So notice the um, Bible's making clear here. Now, this is David under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost making it very clear that the circuit, the, the sun, God made a, a place. When it says tabernacle, it means like dwelling place. He made a dwelling place for the sun. And the Bible makes clear here, he's going to and fro around in his circuit, and nothing can hide from the heat thereof. So the Bible makes clear here that the sun is moving, not the earth. But this is David back in about 3000 BC or you know, I would say about, a yeah, about, well, 3,000 years ago, about 1,000 B.C., under the inspiration of the Spirit, telling you how the heavens work, okay? So this ought to tell you that we were not primitive man. We were not stupid man. God made man wise because man at one point knew God, all right? So now it says, the law of the Lord is perfect. So God has laws that govern everything, why the sun goes up, why the sun comes down, why the moon follows the sun, no matter what, why you got all these things, man, time, and I mean, just the fact that trees give oxygen for man, why would a tree give oxygen for no apparent reason, man, God has made something beautiful, and no matter how much the devil attempts to destroy it and lie about it, God is telling you the law of the Lord here in verse 7 is perfect, Converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, and commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So, see, one thing you will discover if you ever become a Christian, I'm speaking for those out there who aren't, is that God's going to give you pure eyes. You're going to have a fresh perspective. You're going to see the full story and what's truly going on in the world because our God can do that because he's all-knowing. Look at verse 9. 
The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, of than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? So this is kind of a comical thing because God doesn't have errors. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. What is the great transgression? The day that man took his eyes off of God and tried to become his own. That's the great transgression. We've been dealing with the curse ever since. And 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So, you know, some of that was very scientific, but then there are also, you know, parts of it where I know that it's it's also, you know, biblical and they're rejoicing and reverence in the Lord. Well, that's what we're going to have tonight. We're going to have a little touch of both. But I want people to understand that aside from God, you've got absolutely nothing. Aside from Jesus Christ, you cannot be righteous. You cannot be knowledgeable. The most you can become is an educated fool, not knowing God. And, and, and to your peril, you know, you will be destroyed. And so we better understand what the life of God is and what this is about and how he fills the whole spectrum. David went here from talking about the creation to bringing it unto the laws, not just of the heavenlies and the heavenly bodies, but to speak of those things which govern the earth, which is God's righteousness upon man. All right, I want to go to another place. Let's go to Psalm 33. Trust me, we're going to get back into all this other stuff, but I want to go to Psalm 33 right now. How awesome is our God? If anybody has anything to add, they can. If not, I'm jumping right into this one. All right, this is Psalm 33. Let's look at verse 1. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. And the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. So you see, we could sit there and listen to scientists that will tell us there are galaxies and a whole bunch of things that we can't see. But the funny thing is, the Bible says here, that God's word is right and all his works are done in truth. So if we want to see that God is right, let me tell you how good the devil is and how much of a liar he is. God can tell you to get up, go outside, and look at the sky. And everything that the Bible says that God says is there is there. And you can see them with your eyes, okay, which are meant to perceive maybe 70% of what we deal with in the world or what we observe okay, or that we know is there. But these lying scientists can tell you there are billions of galaxies and black holes, and we've been to space, and we've been to the moon, even though people are debunking all that now and seeing that they are lies. But look at how God's word is true. But you see the lies of the devil? He can get you to not even believe your eyes. You see, so that's what it is when you think of Jesus being the God particle. 
because everything the word of God says is. Everything that we read tonight, I can look up and say, yeah, Lord, you're absolutely right. There it is. It's right there. But the scientists will tell you, oh, you may think that you see stars, but really, they're billions of galaxies. And who's to say, through the theories of the Drake's equation and all this, there can be other life out there. You see, these people are fantastic storytellers. They're liars. Their real problem is they hate God. They walk past the God particle looking for him. That's how ignorant these people are. Man, trust in what God has told you and look and see for yourself. Observe it and find that it's true because God is, Jesus is the God particle. Let's look on. So it says, he loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of his goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He spoke the word into existence. He breathed these stars into existence. He said that they would be and they were. And when you look outside, there they are. Man, this is the God particle. Look at verse 7. He gathered the waters of the seas together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. And no matter how much NASA gets caught lying, because the word NASA means in Hebrew to deceive, they continue to lie. They Now, wait, first they went to the moon, right? I want you guys to all look this up. Now they're saying, that, you know, in order for them to go into outer space, they first have to master going through the Van Allen belt, which is a wave of radiation that they claim are coming from the magnetic, the, the what is it, the, elect, or the Earth's magnetic field. Okay, so they haven't figured out how to get through that. But the interesting thing is that they can, um, they can, they made it to the moon though, and they broke down the technology, and they don't want anybody knowing. You know, they don't want to build it back up because it would take too much trouble. So if you believe these liars, guys, I'll tell you, God is telling you all that is, and there is a firmament over this earth, brother. You going to say something, or someone? Oh. I was just going to say the Van Allen belt. It's it said they can't get through it because of the electromagnetic. Well, actually, because of radiation, they said they can't do it because if you try to go through it, you would you would have to have so much lead to protect the mm -hmm. astronauts that you could never ever get off the ground, let alone go to the quote unquote outer space. And then again, I also want to say one more thing too because yeah, bro. And that is to just remind those folks that might hear this that, you know, God, for some reason, used a simpleton like me to point a camera up in the sky. And I've been proving that angels actually, the stars are the houses, the chariots of his angels. So you can go yeah. look at the image yourself and make your own decision. And not only that, the way things are today, folks, if I'm right, which I know God is right therefore he's the one who showed me because he's right and he's <laughs> made me point the camera up in the sky a, a, a guy who doesn't have really that much skills when it comes to photography or anything like that 
And if I can find them in cash room, you can too. And what that sells you right there then, that everything they say about space is a lie. Because there's Amen. no way that I could capture the images that I'm capturing if they were light years away or thousands of miles away or even hundreds of miles away because I'm using a P900 that's not designed to take images that detailed that far away. So, once again, another confirmation that God is true. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. And he uses a guy like me. I mean, honestly, I am nothing exceptional. If you, anybody would, if you know, Derek and Sarah, if you were to actually meet me, you go, this is Mike. Well, you know, he's a brother in Christ. So I, I guess I got to learn how to have patience with my brother in Christ because he's really not that great. And you know what? <laughs> but God is. And God uses simpletons sure. like me, not because I'm anything special, but because he's special and he can do whatever he wants. So use a guy like me to prove all the rest of you guys with your PhDs and everything else and all your ivory towers out there. And, of course, most of you never hear this, what I'm saying. But I pray to God that you will. If he can use a guy like me, a simple dolt, to prove existence of what God says about the stars and how close they are. Just imagine what he could do with you. If you would submit yourself Amen. to the true and living God. That's all I wanted to say. So I'll praise and glory go to Amen. God. That's for sure. So. Amen. And I want to tell people that I can vouch for the images that Mike has shown. I mean, he's really, I've always, you know, well, since being saved, I believed that these stars were the host of heaven and that when the Bible mentions, you know, about the chariot and there was an angel standing in the sun, Revelation 16, and all these other things going on, I've always believed what the Bible has said when I when I read it and the Lord brought understanding and, you know, Mike, I would have to say that you are not just an average person. You're someone who believes Christ. So, you see, you went back to the God particle, okay, and believed the words of the God particle, and you looked it up for yourself only to find that they were true. So, you see, this is an example of God making the simple wise, and I'm no brainiac myself. You know, I'm someone, I'm not someone that's some scientist or geneticist or, or astronomer or anything like that, but I believe the scriptures and God's word holds true. And it's time for people to wake up and see this. Say right, law. So, uh, say amen. Amen. Glory to our mighty God. All right. That's right. So if you look at verse 9 again, this is Psalm 33 and 9. It says, for he spake and it was done, and he commanded and it stood fast. It didn't take billions or millions of years for this to happen. It happened immediately at the word of God. And I don't understand how scientists can push a thing like evolution when they believe that the Big Bang occurred. So something happened immediately, and then everything else just slowed down and formed. Why don't you guys think about that? They were right that there was a Big Bang, but it wasn't the Big Bang theory. God spoke the world into existence and, and made all that there is just by the word of his mouth. Man, it's time to wake up because when it talks about, let's keep reading, it says, 
that the Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He brings the counsel of NASA to nothing because God's word is still true. He maketh the devices of the people to no, of none effect. They built a space program only to realize they couldn't go out of space. Look up um, Operation Dominic. Look up Operation Fish Fishbowl, how they fired nukes for four years trying to break the firmament that they can't get out of. God's word is true. All right, so let's look at this. And it says, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven and beholdeth all the sons of men. So you see, this is why the devil tells you that they're light years away. Because if the Bible tells us that God is looking from heaven and he can see all that is, you see, we would have to look at those stars and begin to wonder, because all of them up there are not evil, but the images up there that, you know, Mike has caught and has shown that they might be in the sky trying to cover up the righteous ones of God and, you know, do the things that they do. But the thing here is, is that God is watching, okay? God is that alive that his angels are up there looking at you and I. That's why they tell you that there are billions of galaxies. Because, man, if we truly believe that God was watching and we had physical evidence of this, you would watch everything that you say and do. Okay, so let's just let's just make note of that. You know, and the earth is way bigger than the sun and the moon, by the way. Okay, they're not 93 million miles away or 188,000 miles away, the sun and the moon. They're right here in the firmament serving the earth. But you see, before you call me a lunatic and Mike crazy, I want you to look out there, man. Look at the sun with no preconceived notions. Just stare at it. And, and, and notice, you don't ever feel the earth moving unless there's an earthquake. You don't ever feel the earth moving. But you see the sun rising and setting. Man, open up your eyes and see what God is telling you before it's too late. Lord, forgive me. I don't want to get excited, but man, you know, look at verse 14. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioned their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by a multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. So as you can see, these things that we have in our carnal physical world, they are absolutely nothing without Jesus Christ. So it's important that we get this. Verse 18, behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. You know what name that is? The name of Jesus. Verse 22, let the Lord, let the mercy, or thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. So, you know, that was another psalm that I just wanted to present to talk about the Lord, because I want people to understand that right alongside of creation and all that man thinks he's discovering out there, Run the laws and the word of God. So are we. We are as important as anything that God ever created. So it is important that we get to know the one true God that our souls can be saved. 
because they're sitting there telling people the universe is expanding. Let me tell you something. The only thing that's expanding is hell. Okay, the Bible made clear that hell is enlarging herself because people are believing the lie that there is no God and they're plunging into hell. So we better understand that God has given us grace. He's given us, I mean, he's not asking for much. All he's asking you to do is see, see who's telling the truth, see who's lying. But man, when you get to know Jesus, you truly understand that he is that God particle because with him, all things consist. So let's go to John 1, and then I want to tip off with some really good stuff concerning Jesus and what all that the Bible says about him. So I want to go to John 1 first, and let's look at verse 1. If anybody has anything to add, they can. All right, so this is John 1. Let's look at verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus Christ, and the Word was with God, that's Jesus Christ. And the word was God. That's Jesus Christ. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. You see how people are blind today? You see how Jesus created everything and the world hates him? Why do you think that people hate Jesus, guys? Wake up. The whole war is against him. While we're supposed to be discovering and evolving and doing all this other stuff, society is getting worse. Children have become animals in elementary school. Look at dude, look at the homosexuality agenda. People run wild, not even knowing if they're a man or a woman. So you see, God, Jesus came to bring that light so that we wouldn't be corrupt, that we wouldn't go off course. That's why he says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, the same for a witness to bear witness of that light, I mean, to bear witness of that light, that all men through him might believe. So God is asking you to believe, and he's got his evidence everywhere. Look at verse 8. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. There was, there was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. This is Jesus. And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. So like I said, when you believe in Jesus, you get a fresh perspective. He takes you away from all the ignorance, the filth, the corruption, you know, the unnatural affection, the lies, all the things of this world, and he brings you unto the light that you might see, most importantly, what you really are, and then see the world as he told you that it is. Man, this is important. So he says, that he called these people to be the son of God. He gave them power to live a righteous life and out of darkness, 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, uh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, that's Jesus, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
Let's not forsake this, guys, because we need them both. You need God's grace, even for the Christian, to walk with God, that he may take us away from corruption, sanctify us, but also there lies the truth. You see, you might have some facts. You may have some information. You may have some education and indoctrination, but you don't have the truth. You won't receive the truth until you give your life to Jesus that you can finally put this puzzle together about the mysteries of the universe. It all consists in one being, and his name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's get into this. We're going to start with eight titles, okay, speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ. But, um, you know, it's interesting because I don't have a lot of time to go to some of these places. But remember what Jesus said in Luke 19, 33 through 40. He came through the town of, um, he came through town, remember he was riding on a, on a colt, and people began laying down their palms for him and everything. And Jesus made clear to the people, he said that if you guys don't, um, if y'all didn't praise me, then the very stones would cry out. Who can do that but the God particle? We better understand that all creation knows Jesus and obeys Jesus. This is important for us to get into. So, you know, what? I want to take a quick detour. Let's go into Matthew 14. I'm feeling it on me to go to Matthew 14. And let's look at verse 13. I promise, guys, we're going to go through the other things. But I want people to get a grasp of this Jesus. Let's look at Matthew 14. And let's look at verse 13. Because one thing that Jesus did demonstrate when he was here, is that he was the creator. You know why? Physical laws had no law over him. You understand? When he walked in the spirit and he was following the will of his father, he was able to do things that no man could because the physical, carnal, worldly laws that we hold as matter and we believe are, you know, physical things and elements and metals, these things had no jurisdiction over the Son of God, because he was the creator of the world. I want to throw that out there so that you understand. So let's look at verse 13. Therefore, speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilling, it is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing, you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. Now, this is this is key, even concerning today. When Jesus came, people couldn't perceive him. Jesus' word still stands true today, and people can't even look outside and see everything that Jesus made. You know why? Because the devil of the world and this world is blinding your mind and lying to you, keeping you from the truth. So it says in verse 15, for this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and they should hear with their ears, and they should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I shall heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. He's speaking to the Christian. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and uh, righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. 
These are talking about the people, you know, that won't follow God. Actually, I went to the wrong place. I was supposed to go to Matthew 14, and I went to Matthew 13, so forgive me. But, you know, it is interesting that the Spirit led me that way to uh, do this. So let's skip off of that, and let's go on. But that is very interesting concerning man and how man is. You see, if you yield to God, God will take care of things. All right, look at Matthew 14, sorry. Let's look at verse 13. And then it says, when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into the desert. So he heard that John the Baptist, the guy who bare witness on the light, is now dead. So Jesus, when he heard that, he departed and went into a ship to a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Okay, and when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy um, themselves victuals. Now, you know, in desert barren areas, there's no food, there's no life in most cases, and other things going on. So, you know, the disciples says, Lord, why don't you send them away that they can go and buy and get food? But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they saw, and they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. That's five, seven pieces of food. This is the spirit. Okay, so look at verse 18. He said, bring them here to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the, and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. So as you can see, God's government, that number of 12, is in play here. There's 12 baskets full 12 baskets of a supply, just like there are 12 building block particles, okay, to all of creation, okay? This is the same Jesus that created it all. So it says, and, and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. So some people would think this story is false. I absolutely disagree, okay? This story is true. Jesus Christ is the God particle. So he could bless this food and break it and command matter to expand, okay? I'm talking to the scientists. I'm talking to the Christian. I'm talking to anybody that might believe. You guys want to see something interesting? The devil is now doing this, okay? There are videos of people that are witches that are actually walking around in society now. I don't know if you guys have ever seen these um, videos, but they'll usually find someone sitting next to an unbeliever or someone that's carnal-minded. A witch will go, sit down with them, have a conversation with them. They're usually eating in the restaurant. The person will have, like, one dish, and you'll see the magician on the other side pulling things out of the plate where there's absolutely nothing. And before you know it, there's a whole lot of matter everywhere. Now, some people may say, well, the hand is quicker than the eye and you know, they've got their tricks and things like that, but they've even shown when the plate was moved, no cut screen, no anything, that that was a bowl that only contained maybe one or two things, and everything came from it. 
Now, am I saying the devil is as powerful as God? Absolutely not. But what I am saying is that there are physical or spiritual laws that are not governed by this time. This is why spirits can appear and disappear. This is why, you know, you got uh, Indian gurus that can go and sit up under a tree for six months with no food. They can drive a car in the back seat of the car, not even being, um, you know, blindfolded. Okay, they can walk through walls. This is no fantasy. These are people that have aligned themselves with the devil, okay, that gave them spiritual power to do such things. But we're going to cover that there are two sources of power in the world. The first is Christ, okay? That is the true power. That is the goodness. That is, you know, everything that we need. And then you've got the devil who attempts to mimic the things that Jesus Christ does. Why I'm bringing this up, folks, is because we're going into a spiritual world. But one thing I'm making clear right here is Jesus could command that these things be as they were. Why do you think in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was fasted, the devil said, command these stones that they be made bread? The devil wasn't lying, and the devil knew that Jesus had the power to do it. But Jesus was obedient unto his father, because had he listened to the devil, the devil would have become his God. So you see, that's why, although God mentioned creation in the Psalms that we read, we're also looking at the very fact that we still have to be under the law of the Lord. We still have to be led of the Spirit and be right. But this is one example here that I wanted to show that carnal physical laws did not govern Jesus. You know why? Because he was the God particle. He created thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. Those are ranks of angels. He created Satan too. Okay, when he was Lucifer. So if no one has anything to add, I want to continue reading here. So he says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. And the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, wake, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. So how could Jesus do this? Jesus wasn't governed by physical laws. And this is not because he was some guru. This is the son of God, okay? The devil has some power, but his power is limited. That's why if you go to, um, I believe it's Exodus 8, when the whole battle between Moses and the pharaohs, or, or the two, uh, what do you call it, Mos um, Jannies and Jambres, when they were battling, Jannies and Jambres mimicked everything Moses did, even though Moses won every battle. But then the final move was to make the dust into lice. But the devil couldn't do it because the devil can't command dust, okay, because God is the creator, okay? So that's when even the magician said, you better listen to, to this man, Moses, because this is the finger of God. So even the devil knows that he has limitations where he can't go. Now back to the subject, Jesus is walking on the sea, and he said, it is I. Be of good be of good cheer, uh, be not afraid. Look at verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me 
bid me come unto thee, unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was down, I mean, was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. So we better understand something about Jesus. Remember it says in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And it says all was made by him. But then it also said, for them that believed, he gave them power to be the sons of God. I can tell people today, I don't know where we're headed as a world. I know we're headed for some very dark times. And I know that the world will eventually become more spiritual than it was ever physical because you're beginning to see science and spirituality getting ready to come, you know, together with this alchemy and all these other things that they're working on. But we better understand that unless we have Jesus and we stand in him, we're not even going to be aware of what time it is. Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, those are the times we are going to return to, and we better have some power. We better know Jesus. We better walk in the spirit, in the power of Christ, that we may do what he calls us to do. Because aside from Jesus, nobody's going to make it. So if anyone has anything to add, they can. If not, I want to go to another place in Matthew 8, and I want to look at verse 23. Oof. And I'm telling you guys this out of love. You know, Jesus is your everything. You just need to tap into that treasure and discover it and walk in him. So this is Matthew 8. Let's look at verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. So Jesus was asleep while the ship was looking like it was about to sink. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the, of the sea, I mean, and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jesus Christ is the God particle, okay? He not only did these things, he stepped into the world in dark times, a world that he created, and he taught us that if we believe, nothing shall be impossible unto us. And we're going to remember this as Christians in the near future when many of these things come to pass. He didn't just come for himself. He didn't just come to show us who he was. He came to give us life that we may have a new life, a born-again life that we will be aside from the original creation, but we will become a new creation in Christ. Why? Because he gives life to matter. He created all things. He, Jesus, is above all things. And he, Jesus, is, is, the, is the answer to everything that we need. He is the God particle. So let's move on. I wanted to get past those points, 
I'm going to hit a few scriptures. I want to go first to John 15. Let's go to John 15. We're going to go over the eight titles of Jesus Christ. Look at what he says. And I want you all, while you're sitting there listening to this, to compare your life to this. Okay, if you've got problems in your life, you've got things going on, I want you to listen to this scripture. Listen to all the titles that Jesus Christ has. Why? It'll bear fruit in your life if you obey. But if you don't obey and you don't believe he's the God particle, you wait and see. I'm telling you, trust in your God. John 15 and 1, look at what he says. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. The first title here for Jesus is the true vine. Look what he says in verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, uh, that it may bring forth more fruit. So Jesus is the source of our lives. He wants us to be fruitful. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch can bear nothing, I mean, as, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Look at verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So you see, we've got to know this Jesus. We've got to experience a second life. We've got to be born again as a new creature, a new creation that glorifies God. Because as I told you all, the only thing that's expanding today is hell, okay? And it says for those who are not fruitful in following him, they will be hewn down and cast into the fire. They will wither away. You want to know why your life is withering away? Because it's time for you to seek the true vine. Let's go to the next spot. Anyone wants to add anything? They can. If not, I want to go to John chapter 8. All right. This is John chapter 8. This is where Jesus just saved a woman that was caught in the act of adultery, and he cleaned her life up, and he gave her a fresh start, and he told her to go and sin no more, okay? He gave this woman redemption from the life that she lived that she made discovering him. Who can do that but God, to take something that is bad and corrupting and give it new life? Only the God particle. So he says, look at verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, here's a new title, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Okay, so as I told you guys earlier, Jesus would bring us into all truth and righteousness. That is why he came. That is why he gave us the Holy Ghost. And I love the way that he spoke. He said, I am. He didn't say, I will. He didn't say, I might. He didn't give you theories. He didn't give you hypothesis. He didn't say maybe. He says, I am. Okay? He is 
the light of the world, and he is calling his people to become those lights that we may shine life on that great light. Let the Lord remove the scales from your eyes that you may see and desire new life, like the God particle was always meant to do. The light of the world. Man, this is a world of darkness and lies. Can you afford to be deceived today? Don't you see all the danger? Don't you see all the destruction? Don't you see all the disease, all the plans of the enemy, new world order? You better seek after the light of the world. Let's move on. If no one has anything to add, let's go to John chapter 10. John 10. I got something to add real quick. Yes, Sarah. Um, well, I hope you can hear me, but, uh, yeah. all this is coming, all this is coming together. And you've even said before that we have to really get out there and reach the youth because we're living in a time now, like never before, where it's not simply just debating back and forth about evolution or creation anymore, but you got a whole generation of kids coming up today who don't even know who God is, or the God of the Bible for that matter. They don't even know who Jesus Christ is. And one guy at work last week made a very bold statement. I mean, he wasn't very quiet about it, and I corrected him on it. And they, I couldn't hear the whole conversation, but what he said was is that if God must have been an evil bastard if he did exist. Just like casual conversation. And I corrected him and said, well, I do believe in God, and I don't appreciate what you said. But it's just, you know, people are not, they're they're using it as in just, well, it's nothing. I can talk this way. Who cares? You know, God doesn't exist, so he won't care. That's the mindset of people today, that Satan is plaguing on individuals because they're being very loud and proud about it today. There's no, like, is it going to offend somebody if I say this? That's almost completely gone out the window, talking bad about God, because to them, a lot of people today, now they're equivalating him to Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or some mythical character that just, you know, they make movies about and he's not real. And, And so it's, it's all coming together as to why people today and how Satan has just because he's docile the church. When the church was alive in Jesus Christ, even the people that didn't believe in God, their attitude towards it was different. But because the church is so docile today, you know, the people that are on the outside well saying, well, the people in church are just like us. So what God do they serve? Do they serve the same God that we do? Because that's what it looks like. You get what I'm saying? That's what I wanted to bring up. Absolutely, you know, and it is important that we get to the truth with people and that we become that light because, like I said, this is a dying world, and Jesus would allow a person like that to say what he said because he brought grace and truth. That is the power of God. You see, when you are all-powerful, you don't have to destroy because you don't fear. God is giving these people a chance to be cleared of their ignorance and repent that they may have the life of Christ in them. 
You see, but people hate God, but they don't even recognize that, you know, he can destroy you just like that. You know, you don't, what does the Bible say? It is an, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. One thing you don't want to do is for God to judge you. You want to accept his grace and live in his mercy because outside of that, we've got no life. We've got no life. And I'm sorry people didn't want this, you know, probably wanted it to be more scientific. I think this is quite scientific. He even brought up scientific terms. He brought up things that people would understand. Jesus had a way of breaking things down simply that they might get it. It's not just the life of the universe. The God particle, all right, gives life or mass, okay, to matter. And that's what Jesus Christ came to do in the beginning and his and the time when he came into the earth. Okay, first he dealt with the heavenly and earthly works and all of creation, and he made man righteous, and man fell away, okay, due to his own lust, you know, yielding to lies, his own pride, wanting to be his own man, wanting to be a humanist, okay? The first humanist was Adam, all right? But when you look at that, then he came a second time into a dark world, which he did not create. He created a world of light. But he came another time to extend grace that people may say they may see the truth. But when he comes the second time, he's coming to destroy and wrap all of this up, and then create a new heaven and a good and a new earth. Who can do that besides the particle of God? God particle, Jesus Christ. You better write that down in granite, and you better give your life to Him while there is still time. This is John ten. Let's look at verse 1. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So as you can understand, I mentioned earlier about the devil himself giving people power. It's not God's power. It's spiritual power, but it's nothing compared to the power of God. It doesn't even show up as a blip on God's radar. But the bottom line is there are people today that are trying to climb up some other way. There are people today that are saying, well, you don't have to have God's spiritual power in order to be spiritual. They're absolutely right. But see, one road heads to life because he is the light of the world, and, and the other leads to destruction, okay, because he is a killer. He's an adversary. He hates God and he hates the people of God. Really, he hates all people. He even hates the fallen angels that work for him. The only one he loves is himself. And people better get that down that, you know, you better find where the source of your power is coming from. Because like they said in John 4, Jesus told that Samaritan woman or Samaritan woman, he said, you worship. We know not, you know not what, but we know what we worship because salvation is of the Jews. And that just means simply those who are following Christ. You know, the first Christians were Jews, but that was extended even unto the Gentiles. So look at the next title. Jesus goes up. Look at verse 2. He says, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth like a portal, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So as you can see, God's people know him. We know our God. 
He leads us in the ways of righteousness. He smacks us on the hand or on the butt when we know that we've done something wrong. Or he, he shows us this because he's trying to perfect us to inherit eternal life with him. But he says, as the porter openeth to him, as we speak to Jesus and Jesus speaks to us, we know the voice of the Lord. Okay, he speaks to us spiritually. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through our conscience to make us righteous. And there's a reason he does this. Look at what he says. Look at verse five. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So as you can see, God's sheep will not fall into deception. They will not be deceived if they stay with him. So look at uh, verse six. This parable spake Jesus unto them that they understood not what things they uh, they were, which he spake unto them. And uh, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So the fourth title or third title tonight for Jesus Christ, he is the door. He said, I am the door. Okay, you want to get into the spiritual world? You want spiritual power? You want to make it unto eternal life? He is the door. You cannot get around Jesus Christ to do anything, okay, you need to walk through him because he's the only way into everlasting life, unto righteousness, unto purity, unto truth, okay? Look at verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So as you can see, Jesus is watching us from this thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus Christ is that door that is watching over us to make us right, to protect us in our grace. Look at verse um, 11. Here's the next title for Jesus. This is the fourth. I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. But he that is in hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep. Um, the hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am, again, the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Okay, so Jesus is making clear here that he came, okay, he is also a good shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He, he protects the flock from outside destruction, outside dangers and sources, okay? Those people that are also dealing in the spiritual realm, those people that are think that they're dealing and playing in science, those people building a Hadron Collider, you better understand that Shiva's coming through that gate, You bet, which is Satan. You better turn back to Christ, okay, and enter in through that gate because Jesus has come to protect his people from all these things that are coming upon the earth. He's a good shepherd. Look at what he says in the next verse. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, 
and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So as you can understand, Jesus is going to be the shepherd. He's going to pull a lot of Gentiles that believed a lot of false things like Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, okay, um, Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, Catholicism, Judaism, any other kind of ism there is out there, Spiritism, New Age, whatever it is, okay? God intends to deliver those people out if they would just turn unto the light of the world because a lot of people love Buddha, but they don't even understand what Buddha is about. A lot of people understand they like Krishna, they like uh, Muhammad and all these other things and Allah. These people better understand, okay? Behind that door is not Christ, okay? Jesus Christ is behind, okay? He is the way. He's the true God. He is the door, and he is the shepherd. It's time to stop worshiping and false, you know, false things and walking around blind to things that make us feel good and start seeking after righteousness because we don't know how long we're going to have in grace. Let me make the point. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to John 14, probably the most famous verse of uh, the Bible. Let's start at verse 1. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So Jesus Christ knows when he comes back, he's going to destroy everything in this world. And what he is going to do is have a place reserved for those who were his, a new heaven and a new earth. Verse 3, and if I go, and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Look at verse 6. Is the, uh, What is it, the fifth title for Jesus? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Actually, he gave three more titles there, okay? But Jesus Christ is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Not just of you and I, of all the creation that we see and everything out here. And that's why the devil sprays chemtrails. That's why the devil wants to destroy this world. That's why devil gives you GMO foods and he's killing and spraying the sheep and, you know, the cows and everything else, polluting the water, pouring fluoride. This is why he's doing what he's doing. He hates the creation of Jesus Christ. And it's time for us to wake up and recognize that if it were not for Jesus, many of us would not be here because evil walks on every side. But if we stay with the God particle, we'll be all right. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to John uh, 11, John chapter 11. I believe that's John 11. And let's look at verse 25. Jesus said unto her, this is Martha, okay, because Martha saith in the um, previous chapter, unto him I know he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So she was believing, 
okay, that her brother would rise again in the resurrection. Her brother Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus, okay, but we got to understand here that Jesus commands all that is. Look at verse 25. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come unto the world. Okay, so I want to go to um, another place real quick because Jesus, um, you know, this woman, I, I want to go further down. Let's look at uh, verse 34 and said, Where have uh, ye laid him? This is Lazarus still dead. They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So Jesus wept because he saw that one, his friend was dead, and he was crying over Mary uh, Mary and Martha, you know, uh, the two mothers. You know, when they, well, Mary, I think Martha was the mother. She was crying over her son, so Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died. So now they're blaming Jesus for the deaths. You see, this is what's awesome about Jesus, and this is what scientists and other people don't recognize. They're always waiting for the Christian or the word of God to slip up. Well, good luck with that one because it's never going to happen. Jesus had previously said that he is the resurrection. These religious Jews are trying to say, well, if God is real, that's pretty much what they're saying, if God is real, why did he let this child die? Okay, couldn't he? If he's open blind eyes, surely he could have kept this person from dying. Look at verse 38. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by, the, by this time, he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. So Jesus is giving glory to the Father, verse 42, And I knew that thou hearest me, Always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. So as you can see, Jesus is giving glory to the Father. Jesus is not trying to do any of this by himself. What was Jesus doing? Because some people would say that would prove Jesus is not God. That's a lie. Jesus came to be an example to you and I that we may do the same. This is why in the beginning Psalms we covered creation. And then we went into the laws of God, how he wants us to be made right. Why? Because those who are of the sheep of Christ, like we just read in John 10, they, God will hear them. Why? Because they're of his fold. Okay? So Jesus is thanking the Father. And like the Bible says, the prayers of the righteous, God will hear. If we believe, we've got to believe God. That's what this is built in. Why? Because faith in God goes beyond all physical laws. 
faith in Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus transcends time and space. It goes all the way back to heaven, all the way back to the beginning of the creation, if we just believe. Okay, so he said, that's why he said in verse 43, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, um, and he says, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. So Jesus used three words, just like he said, he is the resurrection. Three days Jesus was in the earth. Three days Jonah was in the belly of the whale, okay, before he was out. That three, that death, that burial, and that resurrection, this is Christ. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot in grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. So our Jesus, the God particle, okay, has power over death. Not just death, the in hell and the grave. Why? Because he is the resurrection. Let's go on. We're almost done, guys. Almost done here. If anyone wants to add anything, they can. If not, let's go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Oh, man. All right. Now, this is right after Jesus fed the 4,000. And, uh, you know, Jesus is telling the people here, let's look at verse 32. We'll start here. And the people sought Jesus um, for food, but all they needed was Jesus. Okay, they went there, but Jesus told them, you guys didn't seek me because you saw the miracles. See, Jesus wanted us to see miracles that we may believe that these miracles may take place in our lives. That's why he always called them a wicked and or faithless and perverse generation. He wanted them to be able to understand that he is everything. As I said before and how we named this study tonight, the God particle. So let's look at verse 32 again. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the bread, uh, the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then, sa- then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. And it's just like the people out there to see all of creation. They've seen Christ and they believe not. Verse 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. So if you come on to Jesus, as he says, and believe, he will not cast you out. Jesus will accept you, no matter what you've called him, no matter what you believed about him, no matter what you were taught to believe. If you repent and you come to Christ, he will save your life. Verse 38, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me that of all which he hath given me, 
I should lose nothing, but should raise up again or raise it up again at that last day. Remember, he is the resurrection. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up that last day. Man, if we only believe Jesus. Look at verse 41. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the father which which hath sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at that last day. So all these scientists are out there looking for what they think is a his boson. They better understand that the name of that particle is Jesus Christ. Because you see, the Higgs boson is the least of your concerns. When you die, do you have a savior? Do you have a way unto eternal life? Because other than that, buddy, you're laboring in vain. You better know who who Jesus Christ is. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that have heard and have learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he uh, which is of God. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will that I will give is my flesh, and I will give uh, for the life of the world." So as you know, Jesus has sacrificed himself that we may live. He caught the brunt end of of what you and I deserved for our sinful ways. But in doing so, with his shed blood, he was able to redeem man that we may be born again, that we may have eternal life. Jesus is, like I said, he's the bread of life here, but he is the God of particle. So let's go to John 8, and I'm going to close from there. John chapter 8, and I'm done. If anyone wants to add anything, they can. Look at verse 42. This is John 8 and verse 42. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. You see how he goes back? To the beginning with Adam and Eve, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, and for he is a liar and the father of it. And that's why when you go out there and you look in these science books and you listen to NASA and the Science Channel, 
and they start off with millions and millions of years ago. They're lying, okay? When they start talking about, you know, we evolved with the Big Bang and all this other stuff, they're lying to you. But you see, the, the reason why these people lie and why they can't just come forward and say, you know what, guys, we never went to the moon. It's a hoax. Um, why we got a planetary defense system, we really want to fight against the coming of Jesus Christ. You know why they can't be real with you? Because like Jesus says, they are of their father, the devil. When they speak of a lie, they speak of their own. They are liars and the father of them. Okay, they, they are just like their father. They are not capable of telling the truth. You know why? Because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto God but through Jesus Christ. So you see, anyone that's unsaved is not capable of telling the truth. They may have some truths, but they don't have the truth, which is Christ, the God particle. So let me continue. Verse 45. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinced me of sin? And if ye say the truth, why do ye not believe me? Or if I say the truth, why don't you believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. So you understand these people don't hear, they don't want to, because they are not of God. Those who are of God, they hear the words of God. They believe in the scriptures, not in their own ability, not in their own knowledge, not in their own so-called discovery in their lives. Okay, look at verse 48. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not, well, that thou art a Samaritan and has a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Now, what we got to understand is, is because some people would say, well, why are you glorying in Jesus if Jesus didn't glory in himself? Jesus came here once again as an example to you and I of how to serve God, of how to get to know the Father, that we might know who he is. The Old Testament of the Bible is Jesus Christ concealed. The New Testament of the Bible is Jesus Christ revealed. The whole story is his. And the whole goal is he was telling the people just how he told people, as I honor my father, ye honor me. So as man is looking for the beginning of mass, okay, and creation, they don't need to look any further than Jesus Christ. Okay, so he says in verse 50, and I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. You know why? Because he's the resurrection, verse 52. And, and he also gives life to all matter, right? This is Jesus, verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou hast a devil. You see how they still don't get it? Abraham is dead, and the prophets... And thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Like people would say to me right now listening that are carnal-minded or atheist, what they would say is, you got the audacity to bring up Jesus Christ after all of our discovery? What right has religion have to do with scientific 
brilliant and, and study. You see, this is the same argument today being played out. These people are overlooking Jesus, but what they're looking for, they had already forsaken. And it's not too late. Come on back home and discover who he is. All right, look at verse 53. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who makest thou thyself? Who do you make yourself, Jesus? Verse 54. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. And you would never believe how many so-called Christians don't believe the scriptures. You would never believe how many pastors will look at Genesis 1 and still believe NASA in everything that they said. They will believe that the sun is 93 million miles away. They will believe in outer space. They will believe in going to the moon. They will believe in all this stuff when the very Bible that they claim to believe, because Jesus is the written word and the living word, that they should hearken unto him. See, the, the flat earth and the firmament and all that stuff, God never buried it, but God knew that man was going to go through a phase of unbelief. Okay, but isn't it funny how you, Mike, Brother Mike, Sarah, you know how we might have grown up knowing nothing about space, but the Lord turned us right back to his scriptures to tell us what exactly is out there. God won't leave his people ignorant. Jesus Christ will always bring his people back to the truth that they may see it and proclaim it. But it's just amazing how many people consider the word of God literal and believe the Bible. That are so-called Christians don't even believe what the Lord said the earth was like and how creation was. Unbelievable. You know why? Let me leave that alone. So anyway, verse 55, yet have ye, I mean, yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying. So see, those people that are forsaken the scriptures, forsaken Jesus, they don't know God. Whatever religion you're in and you think you know God, you don't. Because in order to know God, you've got to know Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet. 50 years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Okay, so the eighth and the final saying and the final title of Jesus Christ, he is. I am. He simply is. He is in all of creation. He made it. Okay, he came here to represent the Father. All fullness is in Christ. He is everything that we contain, whether it's in the natural or in the spiritual. It doesn't matter. Whether it's scientific or whether it's something else, it all goes back to Jesus, every single piece. Jesus Christ is not just a God particle. Jesus Christ simply is. And unless we repent and we come to him, we're going to miss out on a great salvation. We're going to miss out on a real life, not this carnal physical life. This is temporary. All you got to do is look at the graveyard, and you can tell that this life is not permanent. What Jesus wants to give us all, no man can take away. 
if we abide in him. So I'm telling people tonight, I love you, but give your life to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the God particle. He is the beginning and he is the end. He is the first and the last. He is the alpha and omega. And now to all who believe, repent. If you don't believe, you're going to have bigger problems than trying to find the God particle, okay? You're going to – God's serious about his word. He's serious about what he said. And every sinner that does not know him will be cast into hell. But Jesus is coming in love, grace, and truth with tons of mercy that we may find him. Repent today because Jesus just isn't the God particle Jesus Christ is. What a sensible thing to say. What a powerful thing to say. I am because he is. Brother, I hand it back to you. Amen. Thank you for such a... Thank you. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for such a wonderful teaching, a spirit-filled, directed teaching. Uh, Thank you for your mercy your loving kindness your you giving us of our lord and savior the light of the world the true vine the good shepherd the door the way the truth and the life the resurrection the bread of life jesus christ the only hope i have god the only hope i have lord jesus the only hope i have is you Lord, be our mediator, be our king, be our everything. Please bless us with a wonderful opportunity to serve you, first and foremost, in all things. And that, um, I don't know what else to say, God, except you're God. That's the way it is. And you're the way, you're the truth, you're the life, and it's not to... I just hope people, your Holy Spirit will go out and touch people's hearts and cause them to fall on their face and cry out to you to find out this truth. And uh, I just want to say, God, thank you for your loving kindness and your patience with a, um, a creature like me. God, you know I'm not that smart and I'm not that brilliant and um, full of sin and full of... Um, wickedness and you've been very patient with me coming along and guiding me along in this journey to understand who you are and i just hope that you had that same mercy and you pour their grace upon others who hear this that they realize what really you have to offer them what it really means yeah. eternal salvation what it really means to actually be in the presence of truth of light, of life, to be in the presence of the Good Shepherd, that actually experienced the true resurrection. God, I ask you to bless us and baptize fully with your Holy Spirit, and that we may have that opportunity, that blessed hope and opportunity to be with you for all eternity. But quite frankly, God, this place really is. It's dark, getting darker every day. It's sad seeing how 
so many, like myself, most of my life were tossed to and fro. Being victimized by Satan and his minions. Almighty God, I ask as um, Derek and Sarah and I depart from each other until next week, that you will bless them mightily and give them the strength, the courage, the voice, the ability to serve you, God, in all ways, and that they will have, or you will have great success with them. And if you feel like it, God bless me as well with that opportunity to reach out to um, the body of Christ. God, there really is no other hope outside of you. And, and I just mm. ask you to just have just uh, wake us up, God. Pour your Holy Spirit upon this world, this land that we live in and in the areas that we are. Make, knock people off their false pedestals, their the lies and deceits of the devil and the endless demonic entities out there. My gosh, God, the things you revealed to me just in the past week, as usual, is always something new. Thank you very much, God. For the same token, it's kind of like, wow, where do you go with this? So, but at least we have you. Selah. Thank you, God. And thank you for Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, I also want to pray tonight that you be glorified. I pray, Lord, that knowing that we don't have the words to express who you truly are and what you truly mean to us. And just, you know, we're grateful for all that you present, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that these messages glorify you. We pray that it reaches those who can see and can hear, especially from those in the science world, Lord. I'm praying, Lord, that you crack the veil open, that you reveal yourself unto them, that you give these young children courage to continue to stand for you, Lord. Give us more light, Lord, that even a child can see these things, that, that they might not waver in their faith, Lord, because many of them were raised in the faith, but then they got these liars and they got to stand against their whole classroom and even their lying teachers don't even want to confess that Christ is Lord. I pray, Lord, that you pour into those kids a double portion, Lord. I pray that you introduce them to knowledge and wisdom unseen by any man, that they may be able to stand, that they might actually be the discoverers and reveal more of your truth unto a young but dying generation. I just pray, Lord, that you purify the hearts of those who are here tonight. We didn't bring up a whole bunch of science, but one thing we know is sure that you are the beginning and you are the end. And besides you, Lord, there is nothing. So I just pray, Lord, and I ask that this message be anointed, that it be blessed, that people receive the truth in you and that they may change their lives and choose life over death. For you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are faithful, Lord. You are just and you are true and worthy of praise, of all praises. We just pray and we ask, Lord, that all this be done for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. Amen. Sarah, would you like to join us in prayer? Sure. Okay. Heavenly Father, I come to you this evening 
And I just want to say thank you, Lord God, for just this day that you've given to us, Lord, and this time together to fellowship and to just dive deep into your word, Lord Jesus Christ, that we will have the only way, the truth, and the life that there is, and that is through you. You are the only way, Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And I'm praying tonight, Lord God, that the message that was brought forth will reach the masses, Lord, that there will people be people out there tonight, Lord God, that will believe when they hear this, Lord Jesus, because I know that there's someone out there tonight, Lord, who is questioning what truth is. And I'm praying, Lord Jesus, it will reach them deep down inside of them, Lord God, because we have got to recognize the times that we are living in, Lord Jesus. And I'm yes, praying, Lord. Lord, that you will just awaken us. Awaken us, Lord Jesus Christ, that we just stand only upon you, Lord God, and your word and your truth, Lord, and that it doesn't matter what's going on in the world around us, Lord. We have got to stay single-eyed upon you because this world tonight is lost. It's going to hell because the church at large has fallen asleep, Lord. But your word even said that the way is narrow. The gate is straight and the way is narrow. And few that be there find it, Lord Jesus. So if we have found the gate, if we have found the way, Lord Jesus Christ, then we have to stay on it. We can't afford to go to one side or the other. We've got to be middle of the road with your truth, with your gospel. And I pray, Lord God, that you use us as your willing ministers wherever we go to preach the truth, to teach the gospel, Lord, and to let people know it's not about religion, Lord God. You are not our religion. You are not our opinion, Lord. You are the truth. You are our everything. You are our way of life. And that is what separates the true believers from those that are just playing the part, Lord God, is that we don't cling to any religion. We cling to you, Jesus, because yes, you Lord. are our Father. We may not always act in obedience, Lord, but you chastise us when we don't do your will, Lord, and it just burns us inside, especially when we see people going to hell today, especially today, Lord, when we see those youngsters out there, young kids today, Lord, who don't even know who you are, who are being abused and abandoned. Lord Jesus, you're still there. You still love them as you always have, Lord. And that's why we are here. We are here to be those light bearers, Lord, the salt and the earth, to get out there and to touch these people's lives. And I'm praying, Lord God, that you help us to do so. And I'm praying also over other ministries that are of like faith, Lord, also in the spiritual warfare, that you touch them, that you bless them, that you protect them, that you give them what they need to endure. As your word says, we have got to endure. To the end, Lord. So I just want to say yes. thank you, Jesus. I want to say thank you for the message tonight, Lord, and for uh, Derek and for Michael as well, Lord God, that you touch and bless their lives and anyone in their life, Lord, just listening in or whatever, just watch over them as well, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank yes. you, God, for all and everything that you've done. In Jesus Christ, your most holy name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, Derek Hallett and Sarah Hauser, soundthetrumpetministries.com and Sound the Trumpet Ministries YouTube channel. Excellent teaching. Jesus is Jesus is the God particle, correct? Correct. All right. Yeah. There, and I'll end the recording now.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.